What is up, everyone? Welcome to the Gridiron Fantasy Football Podcast for Tuesday, April 13th, 2021. And I am Chip Dimer, your host, and thank you so much for listening today. If you're a new listener, thank you so much for joining us as well. If you'd like to share our podcast, you can find us over on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Amazon Music. If you'd like to watch us, you can watch us over on YouTube at Gridiron Fantasy Football. So please do me a favor, support the show, hit subscribe so you don't miss any more episodes. And before we get into the episode, I just want to wish my mom a happy 100th birthday. Um, she's getting up there in age, man. She's getting super old. Um, but the good thing about it, she still looks about 58. So I just want to give a shout out to her before I get into today's episode. Um, but today's episode, I wanted to start a new series. I know that we're starting to get into the draft season. You know, the NFL draft is happening at the end of the month. And so I wanted to go over some of the things that will help you when selecting certain players at certain draft positions. And today I'm going to go over, today's the new series called How It Started, How It Ended. And I'm starting with the QB position. because I feel like the QB position is one that we're able to, based on your on your roster structure, how your league is, how many, how many league mates you have, I feel like this is the one of the easier, easier episodes to do because most people play in a one-quarterback league. And I'm going to show you exactly the benefits of holding back on a quarterback and not trying to reach for a quarterback um, in your draft. So today we're going to start with that. But before I get into that, I want to go into some of the news. Now, some of this news is current and some of it is kind of me giving my own take on some of the news that took place last week. But the news that happened on Monday is that Julian Edelman announced his retirement from the NFL. New England Patriots terminated his contract. He's no, no longer with the team. Now, this does not mean that he's going to go to the Bucks and play with Tom Brady. He did a formal video saying he's retiring. He dealt with some injuries, unable to recover. I mean, the guy's only 34 years old. He had to think about the quality of life. As a football player, as any type of professional athlete, you have to think about your quality of life after you're done playing football. And he's 34. He has so many years ahead of him. So good for him. Now, there's going to be that, that question mark. Does he deserve to be in the Hall of Fame? Let those talks happen. But as of right now, let's just kind of celebrate Julian Edelman and his career um, with the Patriots and and go from there. So uh, just a great career, career for Julian Edelman. And then the Tampa Bay Bucks signed running back Giovanni Bernard. He got released from the Bengals not too long ago, and he signed a one-year contract with the Bucks. As a Bucks fan, I'm not sure how I feel about this in a sense of like that running back room is now getting crowded. Now we have Leonard Fournette coming back. We have Ronald Jones, obviously. A lot of people are hyped up over Keyshawn Vaughn or Keyshawn Vaughn. Now the thing is, is that he's no longer, I don't feel like that's going to happen. Even after they signed Leonard Fournette, you know, Keyshawn Vaughn was just not a person that was going to get enough carries. Now is determining how he's going to try to justify himself getting on the roster with Giovanni Bernard. So who knows? Who knows what the Bucks do in the draft? Maybe with them, you know, picking up Giovanni Bernard. He plays that, obviously, that pass catching back. He's going to be that LaShawn McCoy type of situational running back. But the Bucks could still draft best player available, which could be a running back. So it's still to be determined on how this kind of unfolds, but not good for, you know, Keyshawn Vaughn. So we'll see. But um, but with that being the case, also, James Conner, he underwent, he underwent some surgery for some turf toe. You know, he was he was supposed to meet with the Cardinals on Monday. So I think that's his first free agent visit all offseason. But now it makes sense if he's dealing with some type of surgical procedure. You know, that's the type of thing that that you wonder why certain players are not getting drafted. And the news comes out that, 
Obviously, it has something to do with an injury or surgery. So, but he should visit the Cardinals. He should have visited the Cardinals on Monday, and to to be determined how that visit will go. And then, now obviously, the big news last week was that Sam Donald was traded from the Jets to the New York, um, from the Jets to the Carolina Panthers. And I actually like this move. I actually like this move for the Panthers because I think that Sam Donald, in my own opinion, has some good intangibles that can make him a pretty good quarterback. Now, I know that we've seen this before. We've seen where Adam Gase has ruined a lot of people's careers. And we've seen it with Ryan Tannehill. We've seen it with Kenyon Drake. Is that once someone breaks away from the, the curse of Adam Gase, we see that they end up you know doing well. And I do like him being teamed up with, with Matt Rule. I think that that college atmosphere, that college system that they could be running that well, maybe you know, be beneficial for Sam Donald. Makes me wonder how he could be one of those dark horse, you know, sleeper candidates next year or this season because of that. I mean, you got Christian McCaffrey, you got Robbie Anderson, who you had in New York, and you have DJ Moore. You know, there's some good pieces when you have the best fancy running back in your backfield. I feel like that's going to benefit him a lot. Now, I know he did have talent in New York. He did have Le'Veon Bell. He had Robbie Anderson. He did have Jameson Crowder. So you had pieces around him in New York. I just felt like the scheme was not suited for his strength. So I feel like going to a system like the Panthers feels like I feel like he'll do well in that system. And also you have to think about how this affects, you know, the Panthers were not going to be able to go up high enough in the draft to pick either Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields or Zach Taylor, any of those top guys in the draft this year. And there's a lot of, you know, draft experts saying that the quarterback class for next season, for next year's draft is not very good. So why not? Take your chance, pick up the fifth year option on Sam Donald, see what he can do in the first two years. And hopefully with, you know, in the, what the 2023 NFL draft, there'll be a quarterback that's going to be worthy of taking if the Panthers do so. But I, I just think that this is a good move for the Panthers in, as a whole. Sam Donald gets a fresh start. I just think, you know, potentially this could be, uh, a, I'm not saying that he's going to be a Ryan Tannehill type of quarterback, but I do see something like that happening. I, I can see him doing a lot better under a new, you know, regime on a new team, fresh start. I think that this is a good move. And I think, you know, obviously the Jets get the draft picks. And I think like this is going to, you know, be something that will will hopefully turn around Sam Darnold's career. And then the last thing on the news list is uh, we, you know, this happened a couple weeks ago, but the NFL expanded their game uh, to 17 games. They should be taking away one preseason game. I know there's a lot of talk in the fantasy world about how that affects your fantasy league. You know, because a lot of us play in, um, 16 week leagues where our, our championship week is week 16. Now, how's that change when it comes to adding week? Will we now progress it to week 17? There's a lot of options out there, right? Do we, I know in my league, the commissioner has talked about why won't we just go ahead and keep everything exactly the same? Just have week 16 be our championship game because we don't know exactly if players get to the point where they're getting tired of playing or they're going to have rest weeks or how the, how is the team going to manage these players now when there's an extra week into the season? We don't know that this is kind of, this is going to be a weird year for fantasy. We're here to see how coaches, you know, play their players. Cause we know, you know, week 17 is kind of a, a one of those wild card weeks when it comes to fancy playoffs, because if your team is locked in the playoffs has, has their seating already locked up, we're not going to see the top guys playing. So, what happens if teams have their 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 spot in the playoffs locked up by week 16, right? Are they going to play in week 17 and week 18? Who knows? So like 
This year is going to be very interesting. I know a lot of people are throwing out the idea of like, why don't you do a week 16, a week 17 um, combined score championship week? You know, do we do we just make our championship week week 17 um, or do we just keep it as it is and keep it, you know, week 16? So that's something that your league's going to have to determine and vote on. But uh, it's going to be very interesting to kind of see how that plays out. But uh, that's some of the main news going into uh, today's podcast. And so now I want to go over the top 12 quarterbacks from 2020 because when it comes to drafting, I think like a lot of a lot of people don't realize that a lot of people overdraft when it comes to quarterbacks. A lot of people want to have the Patrick Holmes or Lamar Jacksons on their team. And I think based on the stats that we got from last year, obviously, I mean, there's a lot of fancy guys out there that tell you don't draft a quarterback too early in your drafts because you're leaving too much on the table when it comes to players that you could draft that can be beneficial, that can be a core component to your draft and to your roster. All right, let's go ahead and move on to the top quarterbacks from 2020. Let's first start off with, the average draft position. I'm gonna I'm gonna list all the guys that were drafted one through twelve and compare that to how they finished in 2020. So starting off, the average draft position. These are the top, the guys who were drafted, you know, from one to twelve. You had Patrick Mahomes one, Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott at three, Russell Wilson at four, Kyler Murray at five, Deshaun Watson at six, Drew Brees at seven, Matt Ryan at eight, Tom Brady at nine, Aaron Rodgers at ten, Josh Allen at eleven, and Matthew Stafford round up as the 12th quarterback off the board last year and last year's drafts. Now let's go ahead and compare that to how those quarterbacks finished based on their stats from last season. Now all this is all the fantasy scoring is PPR format. So that's, you know, that's kind of generally how I use this. Um, So with that being the case, we have Josh Allen. He was the number one fantasy quarterback last year. We had Aaron Rodgers finish at two. Kyler Murray was three. Patrick Holmes was four. Deshaun Watson was five. Russell Wilson was six. Ryan Tannehill was seven. Tom Brady was eight. Justin Herbert was nine. Lamar Jackson was 10. Kirk Cousins was 11. And Matt Ryan rounds out the top 12 at number 12. So based on what you just heard on where they were drafted compared to where they finished, a lot of names that finished on top of the draft board or that were on the top of the draft board that didn't finish as a top quarterback. So we see that every year. There's always going to be parity in the league. There's always going to be that one guy who blows up. We had Lamar Jackson blow up in 2019. We had Patrick Mahomes blow up in 2018. We had Lamar Jackson blow up in 2019. We had Josh Allen blow up last year. So we're always going to get someone we never expected to blow up, blow up. So with that being the case, now let's go now compare that to how many times they finished as a QB1. So this is not overall QB each week. This is how they finish if they finish in the top 12. So Josh Allen, he finished nine times as a QB1. Aaron Rodgers, he finished, he was he had the most. He was he finished as a QB1 12 times. We had Kyler Murray at 11, Patrick Holmes at 10, Deshaun Watson at 9, Russell Wilson had 9, uh, Ryan Tannehill had 7 you know, Seven times he finished as a QB1, we had Tom Brady who finished as 8, we had Justin Herbert at 8, and then we had Lamar Jackson, he had 7 weeks that he finished as a QB1, but he didn't get his, he didn't was a QB1 until week 4, and then you had Kirk Cousins with 7, and then you had Matt Ryan that rounds out the top 12 with 7 you know, weeks that he was a QB1. So you, you look at that, you know, it, you see that Josh Allen, obviously he was the number one quarterback for fantasy last year. He only had nine weeks where he finished as a QB1. But those weeks, he had massive weeks, right? He is a dual threat quarterback. He can throw the ball. He can rush. He gets rushing touchdowns and passing touchdowns. Dude was a monster last year. But we did have games last year. We saw him go against the Patriots. 
He was lackluster than that. He only had like, you know, I think one game he had like 16 fantasy points. I mean, this happens every year. You're not going to see even like a guy like Patrick Holmes has weeks that you're just not going to blow up. Unfortunately, it happens with every top quarterback. So I'm actually surprised that this is kind of surprising to see Aaron Rodgers had 12 weeks as a quarterback one. I know he had a obviously had a great season last year. He was the MVP, but it's interesting. The now he had finished just behind, you know, Josh Allen. He had Josh Allen had 396 points, and then then Aaron Rodgers had 383. So not too far off. But if you look at that, I mean, if you look at what the draft board, obviously Josh Allen was the guy that you could have drafted. I mean, Josh Allen was drafted as the eleventh quarterback overall, right? And he. He went somewhere later on in the draft. He's probably one of the last picks or close to it. And you see how he finished. I mean, a guy who had Josh Allen on his roster last year that got him later in the draft probably was either in the playoffs, had one of the best teams, or he won a championship with Josh Allen because you're you're probably able to stack your team with a good core amount of players. And Josh Allen was that bonus. Um, and, And then kind of comparing, right? So I want to compare. Like, so last year it was interesting. There was a lot of, there wasn't a lot of separation between QB1 and QB12 last year, but I want to go over what happened in 2019 because I think this is very interesting. Um, in 2000, in two, I'm sorry, in 2020, I'm sorry, 2019, I'm getting confused. <laughs> so in 2019, Lamar Jackson almost beat the record of fantasy points with 415 points. So, you know, Patrick Holmes set the record the year prior, but then Lamar Jackson came super close to doing that in 2019, was unable to do it. But he ended the season with 415 fancy points. Now we had Dak Prescott. He finished second that year with 337. And Russell Wilson had 328. Deshaun Watson had 319. And then he had Jameis Winston who had 305. So you had one guy score in the 400s. You had one, two, three, four, four players finish with over 300 fancy points. And then you have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight players finish with 260 points or higher. So you had from QB6 to QB12, you had 288 points with Josh Allen. He was the sixth overall quarterback. He had 288 points. And you had Tom Brady, who finished as the 12th quarterback overall with 263 points. So that is pretty, you know, that's pretty close, right? That's 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 a, that's a coin flip, right? So, you know, unless you had Lamar Jackson or Dak Prescott or any of these guys, you know, in the top five, you know, you, you were probably able to separate yourself a little bit. But when you had one of these quarterbacks from 6 to 12, I mean, they, there wasn't a lot of separation between the two. Now, you go back to last season. Last season, we had no quarterback score over 400 points. We had Josh Allen close. He had 396. But you had all players score, other than Matt Ryan, 1 through one through 11, all scored 300 points or more. Okay? So you had Kirk Cousins. He had, the, he had 306. And you had Josh Allen with 396. So obviously, you know, there is, there's obviously a separation between Josh Allen and Kirk Cousins, obviously, but I'm not, I'm not disputing that. But you had 11 out of 12 quarterbacks score over 300 points this year. There was so much more consistency with quarterbacks this year. And you had Matt Ryan with 280, right? So 280 points in 2019 would have been QB... QB8 was Kyler Murray. He had 285 points. And you had Aaron Rodgers who had 278 points as QB9. So, I mean, this is what I'm saying is like, there was so much more consistency with quarterback. There wasn't a huge separation between QB1, 
I mean, obviously from QB one to QB eleven, but like, why would you take a court? Why would you take someone like Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson? Now, this is all in hindsight, but this is what we do. This is what we talk about because we want to talk about why grabbing a quarterback so early in the drafts does not make sense, especially for the one quarterback league. Now, I play in a two quarterback league. My main league is an auction league. It's a two quarterback league, so having a, a stronger quarterback one is pretty. You need that in that league, unless you can find somebody like a, a Josh Allen for cheap, but. You know, overall, I do think that if you look at where you're, what players are leaving on the board for a quarterback like Patrick Holmes or Lamar Jackson, you tell me, I'm going to give you a list of players and I'm, you tell me if you think you would take these players over Patrick Holmes, right? So Patrick Holmes was the first QB off the board. He was drafted before Aaron Jones, Tyree Kill, DeAndre Hopkins, and Travis Kelsey. Now, what players would you have taken? Would you have taken those players over Patrick Mahomes? If you're drafting today, would you have taken? I definitely would have taken those players over Patrick Mahomes because most of these players that are getting drafted are in one quarterback leagues. So I definitely would love to have the stability and the and the depth of having an Aaron Jones, a Tyreek Hill, you know, having DeAndre Hopkins and Travis Kelsey. I mean, I play in a two quarterback league, like I mentioned. And last year, my quarterbacks were Big Ben and Joe Burrow. And I picked up, and Sam Darnold was my, my backup quarterback. So we played in two quarterback league. I always get one or, you know, one or two quarterbacks for my bench. And with that being the case, I decided to, you know, stack my roster. So my main roster was Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook, Miles Sanders. And then I ended up picking when uh, Raquel Armstead, the running back for the Jags, went on the COVID list. I picked up James Robinson. So those are my four running backs. And then I had Tyreek Hill and AJ Brown as my as my two main one my wide receiver one wide receiver two. Then during the season, you know, we always pick up players, and in, in during the season, I picked up Chase Claypool, and then I had uh, CD Lamb. You know, so like this is this is how you build a team. This is how you build a team that's going to be able to do something in the playoffs and be a strong team throughout the whole entire season. So now you go to Lamar Jackson. So Lamar Jackson was the second quarterback taken overall. Now. There are some players I definitely would have taken Lamar Jackson over, right? Or I'm, I'm sorry, I would take Lamar Jackson over these players. I would definitely take him over James Conner. Rather have Lamar Jackson, but I would not have taken him over Chris Godwin, Chris Carson, George Kittle. Definitely would not. I would have taken him over Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay, I'm not a big fan of Kenny Galladay. I think that he has not done enough for me to warrant where his draft stock is. Um, he only has played one year or one year so far with 16 games. And that year he was a pro bowler. Give him that credit. He had 65 receptions at 11 touchdowns. He had over hundred something targets, but I don't see how Kenny Galladay this year warrants like a high draft stock in fancy because he has to deal with targets that are going to be going to Evan Ingram. You got Sterling Shepard still, you got Derry Slate and you got Saquon Barkley. So I think the giants offense as a whole is going to be better. So I think that obviously is Daniel Jones is a guy that I would look into but Kenny Galladay, I definitely would have taken Lamar Jackson over Kenny Galladay. David Johnson, for sure. Mike Evans, that's iffy. Um, Jonathan Taylor, definitely would have taken Lamar Jackson over Jonathan Taylor because, you know, he didn't really blow up until the end of the season. Definitely over Todd Gurley. So these are some of the players that, you know, you're you're looking at. Like, you have to, you have to do I take Lamar Jackson and get one of the best, like, one of the better quarterbacks? Or do I take one of these guys that that we know are good commodities in it comes to fantasy? Like Lamar Jackson, I, I get it. Lamar Jackson had a great season, and people are always going to go after those quarterbacks that do well the year before. And this year, there's going to be people who take Josh Allen pretty high. 
and you'll see Patrick Mahomes kind of fall or Lamar Jackson fall. It happens. But this is this is why we do these podcasts. This is why I do these YouTube videos, because I want to tell you guys, like, you can wait to get a quarterback later on. I mean, you definitely, if you had Dak Prescott, I'm sorry, Dak Prescott hurt, so that doesn't really count. I'm not going to count him in there. But if you look at what you got out of Aaron Rodgers, because Aaron Rodgers had a bad season the year before, right? So Aaron Rodgers is definitely there later on in people's drafts last year. You had, you know, obviously Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson. You had guys, and obviously Josh Allen was a guy that was drafted in the mid-rounds. I mean, this is this is why you should always take quarterbacks as far back in the draft as possible. Now, like I said, this is only for standard leagues that only play one quarterback. Now, if you are in a two-quarterback league, you're going to have to make that, those those tough decisions. But generally, you know, I'm the type of guy who's always going to always going to preach get your core lined up in there, get your running backs, get your receivers and then think about quarterback later on. Uh because the stats show every single season, you know, that this is what happens, but um I just think this is a good a good the description on on just the awareness of listening to what the fantasy experts are saying and going with that because you may be sitting there and you're like, okay, I got Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen there. I get the best quarterback in the league or I can get a guy that I'm unsure of. I mean, and, and that happens. But I think overall, I think this is what um, the strategy needs to be. I think you need to look at the numbers. You got to do your research, listen to the podcast, listen to the people who are trying to 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 give you that 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 expert advice on you know how to go into the draft. So. I hope that was helpful for you guys. I think that um, this is a very interesting series to do because I think the quarterback, the quarterback position is the easiest one to do. And now when we get into the running back and the wide receiver and the tight end, well, the tight end position will probably be a little bit easier as well because you got three, you know, three main guys that are really good. But um, next next week I'm gonna be doing the running backs, and that's gonna be a little harder because obviously, you know, we can't predict injury, we can't predict certain things. So we know that guys that got drafted high are gonna be obviously didn't finish the season. So I know that's gonna be a little on the on the interesting side of that but um i hope this was a, a very insightful podcast and youtube video like i said i enjoy and let, let me know what you think in comments so please do what you can stay engaged leave a comment um send me an email but if you want to ask me any questions you can email me at chip at grandfancyfootball.com um i'll leave an email down in the description as well though but um and also if there's anything else you want me to cover as I'm finishing these this series, I'm gonna finish this series. And I'll I'll do my my reaction to the NFL draft when the draft happens, and I'll go into some of the my early rankings and my my other other series that I t- that I do during the during the off season. But um, if there's anything you want me to cover, just leave a comment as well. But that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. Um, like I said, on the next episode I'll be talking about you know how it started, how it ended with the running back position. So hit subscribe so you don't miss that episode. And also, if you want to follow us on social media, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at The Great Iron Pod and on Instagram at Great Iron Fantasy Football. So that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening and watching. And we'll see you in the next episode. Take care.